Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. And this is your NFL Conference Championship Week preview. We will talk about our favorite sides, totals, props, money lines, everything you could think about. And of course, crack open our Sunday six pack of against the spread bets with the help of my co-host, the prime minister of degenerate nation, Stucky Stuck. What's going on? Oh, what's going on, brother? Yeah, it was a fun week, not for betting on on here. <laughs> First own six, right? I think in three years. Uh, oh. So we were, <laughs> I guess, overdue. The Ravens, I would play first half i mean i would play that a million times there was a punt return touchdown it's arguably the greatest playoff defensive performance one of them in nfl history i mean they didn't allow the texans to cross the 27 yard line they gave up three offensive points so you know i played san fred bad call there but debo going down man that is going to be i mean some of the numbers with him without him mm-hmm. are really bad and then i just had an awful call on on godwin but as i always say who cares what happened last week? Last week was last week. We're on to conference championship weekend, which is the first championship games took place 53 years ago in San Fran and Baltimore, which is where we're at now. This is the first time the AFC championship game won't be played in Kansas City since 2017. Six straight AFC title for the Chiefs, who were three and two in the previous five. First home AFC champion for someone who used to have season tickets, never saw you know, multiple Super Bowls. First home AFC championship game for the Ravens in franchise history and the first NFC championship game for the Lions since 1991. So a lot of fun storylines. I think we got two pretty good matchups from what we could have got. Yeah, uh, it should be a good, good weekend. I uh, I have a lot of thoughts on both of these games, so we'll get right into it, uh, into our six pack. And for this week, same as last week, uh, we have to choose a side or total. The others can be props. Uh, stuck you're up 7366 still and uh, let me just give everyone the lines for the two games before we jump into the six pack you have the Chiefs at the Ravens Ravens favored by three and a half 
That's the AFC title game, the total 44 and a half. That's 3 p.m. Eastern. And then Lions at Niners at 6.30 Eastern. Niners favored by seven. The total is 51. All right. Now it's time for our conference championship Sunday six pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six-pack. All right, for my first pick and the first overall of the conference championship, Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Ravens first half minus two and a half. And hopefully we get one out of two here. I know you were on this last week, but... Uh, I think that with the Ravens kind of coming out slow last week, they were a little bit unprepared for the blitz. I think now, you know, the rust is knocked off. I'd be surprised if they come out slow uh, for a second week in a row. Baltimore first in the NFL in first half point differential plus 12.6. Second in the league in home first half point differential at plus 15.1. That's over 12 points better than Kansas City. On the is on the road, which Kansas City is a pretty good road differential of plus three in the first half, but Baltimore's just been ridiculous. And I just like the matchup for the Ravens. This is far and away the best pass defense the the Chiefs have faced. They're number one in DVOA. Uh Joe Thune looks like he's gonna be out with a peck injury. Uh the guard on Casey's line, who is one of the top guards one of the top interior linemen in the game and Kansas city's tackles have been really shaky Smith and, and Taylor. Uh, the interior has been good, but Joe Tooney's a big part of that. So, you know, number one graded pass blocker uh, out of all guards at PFF uh, top 10 guard overall out of 78 qualifiers. And then when I look at, okay, Lamar going up against this Kansas city defense I think they'll be prepared for the blitz. Spag's always going to have something up his sleeve, but I think they'll be more prepared for the blitz. Uh, Kansas City can cover uh, their some of their receivers, but Kansas City 27th in DVOA against the run. I think Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Lamar will be able to run the football. And then, uh, you know, on the other side of the ball, again, I just don't think Kansas City with, you know, a weakened offensive line with a defense that can man up Rasheed Rice. I mean, I'll, I'll let you kind of speak to what you think they're going to do with Kelsey. Is it going to be Hamilton? Uh, you know, Humphrey looks like he's going to be back. So uh, that, you know, he's a guy who could play inside outside. So he'd be perfect for Rice. Uh, to, you could kind of stick him on Rice and play man coverage. And that was always going to be, I think, Kansas City's kryptonite when it got to the playoffs was a defense that can play man to man coverage, still get pressure. Uh, you know, Baltimore, I believe they led the league in sacks, still get pressure uh, and man these guys up on the back end and be able to handle them. Baltimore can do that. The Buffalo Bills, a lot more zone heavy. Miami, you know, their defense was decimated. So uh, this is going to be a real different test, I think, for Kansas City uh, than they've faced all year because now you're combining this good defense with a with an offense that can play ball control on the other side. And we know that, Lamar Harbaugh have been great in the first half, especially Lamar 51, uh, 29 and two career first half against the spread covering by an average of two and a half points per game. Harbaugh super huge sample 160 and 110 
with nine pushes, 59% against the spread uh, in his career in the first half, regular and postseason. And this year, uh, Lamar Jackson, 13 and four in his starts. The Ravens are 13 and four against the spread in the first half, 77%, covering by nearly six points per game. And they have not lost uh, two straight first halves against the spread all season. So, you know, last week you mentioned it, got the kick return and just came out sluggish, slow, rusty, was, weren't quite prepared for the blitz. I think they'll come out sharp uh, this week. And maybe you'll see a repeat of, you know, Chiefs voodoo, Ravens. Like you said, they tend to play with their food. So I think this might be one where it gets a little dicey later, but I'm expecting the Ravens to start fast this one. So uh, give me Baltimore minus two and a half in the first half. Yeah, uh, I, I like this one. My, I mean, I, as soon as these line, the lines came out, for anyone that follows me in the app, I, I mean, I played the Ravens minus 165 in the money line. I mean, this late in the season, I rarely, I mean, to find a money line that I thought was that far off uh, is pretty crazy. My, I mean, I make this line between four and a half and five, and my fare for uh, money line is north of 200. Um, so, I, you know, when I look at this matchup, the, look, this is the Ravens have been historically dominant this year. I mean, you can go by any advanced metric. Go by, you mentioned DVOA. They have the highest weighted DVOA, which looks at recent performances, headed into this round of any team since 1980. 11 of the other top 13 teams all got to the Super Bowl. Interestingly enough, the only two, the only two uh, teams to prevent those two, two the, the two that didn't get to the Super Bowl were Mahomes against the Bills because they couldn't squip kick it. And then the Ravens actually beat the New England Patriots back in 2012 en route to their Super Bowl win. So, was that the Billy Cundiff? Uh, no, that's that, when the no, Ravens no, that beat them. That's when they beat Brady. Oh, uh, that was the one when the Ravens went to place the Niners, right? Yeah, and, and then beat the, the Niners. Flacco the year. Bowl. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so can the Chiefs win this game? <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, I make this line like four and a half. So you're talking like I think they win this game like a third of the time. They have the best quarterback on the planet. I could, we could run through all the underdog stats for the Chiefs and when Mahomes is an underdog or a favorite of three or less. The same thing is, holds true for Lamar Jackson. One of the best things that I, what, what I'm really looking forward to in this game is just the X's and O's. So, like, what it's first of all, it's one football game. So you could have fluke turnovers, fourth down variance, you know, fumble luck, and then also just like an amazing game plan that just completely changes the game that one team isn't expecting. I think the Ravens are have a better chance of doing that. You look at what they've done with their staff this year, and I have nothing but respect for Reed and Spagnola, but the adjustments that they've made based on their opponent week on a week-to-week basis. And look, they have an extra, what, day and a half here. They're way more well-rested. They're w- way healthier. You're going to get Mark Andrews back. Might get Marlon Humphrey back. He practiced in full today. So they're just like almost fully healthy across the board. And it's just a really good matchup. So people people have to forget what the what the Ravens have done this year. They went eight and two against playoff teams. Yeah, the average score was 31 to 14. Their last seven home games were all against teams that finished above 500. They won by an average score of 38 to 17. They played 10 home games this year. They were all against teams above 500, which is insane. This they had a better offense, a better defense, better special teams than the Chiefs with a much tougher schedule in the best division in football, a division where everyone finished above 500 for the first time in, I, I what, 60, 70 years? I, I forget the exact date. The Chiefs' first playoff teams, on the other hand, three and four, 
They had an, a net scoring margin of plus 13. They won by an average of 21 to 19. I think that there's a little bit of recency bias on, okay, it's Mahomes and you have to, he's the GOAT. In the last two weeks, they beat a Dolphins team that was completely decimated. I mean, destroyed by injuries, specifically on the defensive end, but also somewhat on offense. And then they play the Bills last week. And you mentioned, you know, how the Bills play with, with all the injuries at a linebacker pregame and then during the game. You got to play A.J. Klein. A.J. Klein was getting dis- absolutely destroyed out there. And they were exhausted. They had no depth. And they just went heavy. You know, they went 12, 13 personnel. And they just cooked them over the middle of the field. I'll get into my first pick and then keep, going, keep rambling. So my first pick in the second overall of the Sunday six-pack is Ravens, Chiefs, under uh, 44 and a half. I'm going to wait to see if 45 pops and see where the market goes. But it doesn't matter for this contest. Uh, these were the two. These Both these teams were 1-2 in scoring defense. This year, Ravens allowed 16 and a half points per game. Chiefs right around 17.3. I, I don't think the Chiefs get enough credit for what their defense can and did do this season. I mean, you're talking about a team that over the last seven games, they allowed 4.1 points per game in the second half. So not only are they good, but they they make are, are making ridiculous adjustments at the half. Same with the Ravens. That'll be an awesome chess match to watch. You saw what the Ravens did last week more quicker passes. They adjusted the blitz and then just came out and uh, just destroyed the Texans. But, you know, so I like this under because we have to remember this Chiefs offense, which was held to under 21 or fewer points, I think 10 times in the regular season. They had no explosiveness all year. We talked about how often they were broken. And now they just because they played, you know, a beat up Dolphins D, a beat up Bills D. By the way, on a short week, they kind of got shafted in that sense as well. I, I don't think everything is fixed. It's like you have to it's a, it's Pacheco runs really hard and we'll see if his turf toe flares up, but it's not an elite rushing attack. This is the middle of the pack. If you look at any advanced metric and I, I don't think that they're going to shred the Ravens on the ground. They ha- and they have to play like in a box. There's no explosiveness. Ravens don't give up explosive pass plays. They have to play over the middle of the field. Dolphins didn't have linebackers. Bills didn't have linebackers. And it was just a perfect setup for the Chiefs. The Ravens are perfectly set up with all their linebackers, with all their safeties. You know, you get Hamilton in the slot now. You can play heavy nickel. You can play nickel most of the game here. And Ravens, historically elite defense when in nickel this year. The way to beat the Ravens this year, they have like the Ravens have, and look, like I said, they've been historically dominant this year, just destroying every team that they've played. There's like two weaknesses on their team. Um, it's, I would say on defense, if you can get them into, out of nickel and then throw on them, um, like that's what the Rams kind of did um, because their corners aren't great. Their corners, and oh, I mean, if you look at Darby's like top five in, in yards per reception allowed, top five in reception rate this year, Humphrey's obviously still elite. We'll see how healthy he is. But, you know, Mallette, he's grading out really well. Uh, you know, that this their safeties, Brandon Stevens, they're not their corners are not elite, but Mike McDonald doesn't ask them to do much in the scheme, they don't have to do much underneath, they're not asked to do much. But if you can get them in base, you get Hamilton, who's just uh, the, probably the best playmaker in, on defense in the NFL. Now, if you can get them off the field out of the slot and you have to play with another linebacker and then you throw on them, um, that's really where they've shown some weaknesses in a couple games this year. But, I, I mean, the Chiefs, I think the, the Ravens, especially with Humphrey and his physicality, 
and Hamilton. He can stay in, in nickel most of this game, if not, uh, you know, majority of it. You're not going to play it up the entire game. But even if the Chiefs did that, like, who are they Who are they throwing to? Um, right? It's not like they have these – it's not like you have Cup and Nakua on the outside to take advantage of some of the Ravens' corners if you can get enough time. So I, I just don't see – I just look, I think this Chiefs' offense is going to look how it has for most of the year when it wasn't playing the best defense in the NFL. We're going to talk about the Niners a little bit. The Niners with a healthy Debo Samuel lost one game this year. They scored 27 or more in every game. They – Scored 12 before Sam Darnold had a garbage drive against the Ravens' date. The, the Texans destroyed the second-best defense in the NFL, the Browns, the week before. Didn't score an offensive touchdown uh, last week against the Ravens. So, like, this defense is very good. They can get pressure without blitzing. And the way that they're getting pressure, uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. Matabuke is turning. He's going to get absolutely paid. But how they're blowing up certain guards and, and you know, just, like, blocking – they're like blocking offensive linemen to free up, um, but their pressure schemes, their simulated pressures are amazing. They're not; they don't have to go cover zero blitz, cover one blitz here. You don't want to all out blitz Mahomes. Don't expect them to do that. They'll bring it a couple times to keep Mahomes honest, but they can cover the middle of the field. And you know they're they have multiple guys that can cover Kelsey. Number one, their linebackers will be okay there. You can have Hamilton on them at sometimes. You can have Humphrey on them at times, and their corners are perfectly equipped to cover the receivers on the outside. And this this Chiefs offense, we talked about all year. Why do they struggle? Their tackles have been bad. Penalties, too. Um, you know, the, the holdings, the false starts. And now you're taking away Joe Tooney in the interior. I know Aguilera. I always forget, I always forget how to pronounce his name. Aguilera. Agal- Ag- Nick Aguilera. Uh, Aguilera. Aguilera, I think. Uh that didn't sound right. Hold on. <laughs> let's figure this out. I think it's Al- I thought it was Allegretti, but let's see. I have a friend whose name is just uh, yeah, Allegretti. Nick Allegretti. Allegretti. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's cool. played before. He's I think he's really at center, but it's a huge it's a big drop off. It's not yeah. massive, but it's a big drop off and it's a big drop off when you're going up against this defense with all the stunts, simulated pressures on, you know, in a in loud environment and this on the Chiefs, road. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. On the road. And this chiefs offensive line has had continuity all year. And it's been one of the strengths that interiors had continuity helps with some of the issues that tackle. But if you can get pressure up the middle on Mahomes, that's, that's his kryptonite. Uh, right. You get, get pressure and you're not blitzing up the middle. So I think the Ravens are going to be able to do that here. And they're perfectly equipped to cover the chiefs on the back end. So I don't see the chiefs offense having much success here. Um, it's still Mahomes. Mahomes is still going to make plays. Uh, it's, it's the best quarterback on planet Earth. But we've seen this offense, don't fall into recency bias, look completely pedestrian for long, long stretches of the season. And they weren't playing against the best defense in the NFL. On the other side of the ball. So I think the Chiefs, because of the last two weeks playing beat-up defenses, people are just like, oh, Mahomes, the offense is back. Kelsey's back. Um, this offense has issues. It still does. The tackles, the wide receivers aren't great. Now you're missing Tooney in the middle. And, you know, the Ravens are getting Humphrey back. On the other side, you know, Ravens getting Andrews back, which is big. But the Chiefs, this is like they, number one, they don't play a ton of zone, right? So like, it was mm-hmm. one of the things that the Ravens have destroyed zone all year. So that that's working. That works for them. And they will blitz. And that's what you, you need to do to Mahomes. You can't, you can't blitz incessantly. Excuse me. That's what you need to do to Jackson. Just to try to throw him off. But you can't sit back and then play zone. 
how they decide to spy him uh, is going to be interesting. I don't like, do they try to use Willie Gay as a spy? Do they try to use a safety at times? Because you can't spying, spying Jackson is, uh, is, is dumb. In my opinion, you want to spy him just like for a little bit. And then you got to get after him. He's just too fast. It's, it doesn't like you're spying him. You're wasting a defender. The Steelers, the Browns have done this really well. They'll like just spy for a little bit and then send send the linebacker. So I'm really curious to see how the Chiefs handle that. But they have Legarius Sneed, who's been one of the best corners in the NFL on the outside for Flowers. You have McDuffie, who's been one of the best slots in the NFL. They're, and look, this is a defense that, like I said, is number two scoring defense in the NFL. Their adjustments have been great. I think that they'll have a good blitz game game plan. So I, I don't think that the Ravens are, are going to put up like, you know, 35, 38 here. They're two weaknesses of this Chiefs defense by far. Number two receivers, uh, they're, I think, 24th DVOA against number two receivers. And then against the run, they're number 27. You could throw your running backs a bit too. But specifically, they're one of the worst defense in the NFL against runs out of the shotgun and then just straight power runs. So this will probably lead into, I think, your one of your picks. This is a big Gus Edwards game. I'll give people a, a same-game parlay that I'm, I'm going to put in myself and how I see this playing out. So Ravens money line under. If it doesn't get up to 45, I'll just do an all, all under of like 45 and a half. Bateman, you can go like over 19 and a half receiving yards. I, he's taken Beckham's snaps last week. He yeah. basically just took them all and that's because he will actually run block maybe a Gus Edwards like over rushing yards which you're going to talk about or anytime touchdown like if they're anywhere near the four you're just going to go and shotgun hand it to him and he's going to score the reason I, I like your under too is because first half under especially because the interesting thing is the Ravens like really their only weakness on defense has been early down runs because they love to they love to stay in those light fronts. They don't like to go yeah, they play light uh, into base. So, you know, since week 10, they are one of the worst teams in EPA and success rate against the run on early downs. Uh, if you include week 18, they're actually bottom three, but uh, that, you know, they weren't playing for real that week, but they're still 20th in EPA, 25th in, in early down rush success rate uh, at 41% since week 10. So I think the Chiefs are going to run it back with, you know, Noah Gray, Blake Bell, and 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 try to run the ball and see what see if the Ravens do get out of base. But uh, I think that's going to kind of, you know, bleed the clock because the Ravens are going to want to do the same thing on the other side. So I think you have both teams yeah, coming Ravens out are here slow. Ravens wanting are slow. to run. Chiefs aren't right? necessarily fast either. Two teams coming out that want to run. And then I, I, I totally agree with you on – with Jarius Sneed, one of my favorite corners uh, in the league, going up against Flowers, I actually crunched the numbers because I, I I need to do this to kind of adjust my projections for these kind of situations. Kansas City against number one wide receivers, the top five in DVOA, but I actually ran the numbers on their actual rate stats. I, I looked at the wide receiver ones they faced and then how those wide receiver ones did against everyone else. So – Essentially, Kansas City against wide receiver ones, target per route run rate drops 4% from 22% versus KC, 26% against everyone else. The cat, Their catch rate drops 13%, 68% versus everyone else, 55% versus KC, and their yard per reception, 2.5 yards per reception less. 
10.4 against KC, 12.9 versus everyone else. So, you know, that's pretty massive. And that kind of plays exactly into what you said about it's probably going to have to be someone else and not Zay Flowers. My second okay. pick of the Conference Championship six-pack and third overall is I'm going Zay Flowers under four and a half catches. So I, I prefer that to yards. We talked about his catch rate. Steve's a very aggressive corner, you know, and he can kind of, you know, body him up at the line of scrimmage, throw off his timing. He's got 47 catches on 93 targets, which is elite in 18 games. That's like two and a half. And he's playing the number one most of the time. And I expect him to do so here. That's like, and even if you put uh, flowers in the slot, sometimes you're all, then you're going up against an elite slot corner. So like, I, I don't think that flowers can have many, uh, advantageous matchups here, but he's allowing like two and a half catches on five targets, mainly against number one receivers against 18, uh, over 18 games. The other thing is that because he's super aggressive, like he, I think he probably leads the league in pass deflections. Don't quote me on that. Passes defense. He, he gets a ton of penalties. So I think he leads all corners in penalties. So I think he has 17 penalties. So there's a chance that, you know, Lamar buys time, Flowers gets behind the defense hits a big play and this wouldn't hurt the yards or catches that he gets behind him and Snead is playing aggressive and there's a big PI, which would help the Ravens, but could take away a catch. Yeah. I like under four and a half catches. We have a whole data set of who these teams are. And I think the Ravens should be like four and a half fish point favorites here. Their point differential against playoff teams is just absurd. I mean, every good team they face pretty much blew them out of the water, multiple scores, this is football porn because there's so many good coaches and schemers in this. So I'm, I'm just telling you, like, I, I bet there is money line because I like some of the matchups. My numbers said to bet them uh, money line when I mean, and I would have bet minus two and a half, minus three. So if it comes back down with Mahomes' money, minus three is fine. But I'm telling you, I've seen this with brilliant coaches and brilliant coordinators in huge games like this that just they could come up with a they could come up with a a scheme or a wrinkle that either controls the game or just forces, you know, a couple key mistakes uh, and changes the whole game. So I'm so, I'm so looking forward to just the chess match and the schematic battle. I'll take any motherfucker's money if he giving it away. Yeah. So that kind of leads into my next two picks. So for my second pick and the, I guess fourth overall. I'm going with Lamar Jackson under a half an interception. And I like this up to minus 150. Uh, I think that's where the fair value should be. It's at uh, minus 120, minus 125 across the industry right now. So Lamar Jackson has not thrown a pick in 65% of his games this season, 11 of 17. And he's had 27 or fewer pass attempts in 10 of 17 games. Now, I already talked, we both already talked about how we think that this is a matchup that sets up Baltimore well to come out run heavy. Uh, Kansas City is a run funnel defense, number five in DVOA against the pass, 27th against the run. Lamar finished top five, and uh, he's top five right now, excuse me, in lowest interception rate among qualified quarterbacks at just a hair under 1.5%, which is right around uh, what he's been doing for his his whole career. And Kansas City, as good as their pass defense has been, uh, they really haven't been able to make a ton of plays uh, on the ball. They're 
1.42% interception rate, fourth lowest in the league. They've not secured an interception in 63% of their games or 12 out of 19. And this is not the old Kansas City of years past where their offense was just lighting people up. And so opponents had to throw against them. Opponents are averaging just under 33 pass attempts per game against the Chiefs this year uh, or did so in the regular season. And you know that's 23rd. So uh, you got Lamar in a situation where I don't think he's going to have to attempt a lot of passes. Uh, we both, you know, we think uh, the Ravens will be in positive game script. Uh, he's already not attempted many passes, very low interception rate. Defense has a very low interception rate. Uh, so you put it all together and uh, I'm projecting just over a 60% chance of him not throwing a pick in this game. So uh, I like anything minus 150 or under for Lamar not to throw a pick here. She. Detroit fans are waiting since 1991 to get the NFC Championship game, and they're like, are we, are we going to talk about our game? We'll, we'll get into that one, but that one, I mean, there's actually more to talk about because there's a little bit more uncertainty there. But yeah. uh, for my third pick of the conference championship six-pack, I'm going with Gus Edwards, over 39 and a half rushing yards. And this is pretty much the bottom of the market for Gus. And uh, I might have contributed to it because early in the week, you know, Sean and I are talking on the pod on the Fantasy Flex. And I was saying, hey, you know, last week, my one of my uh, my dart throw was Justice Hill. And I was like, any given week, Justice Hill ends up being their feature back. You just never know. And it kind of happened last week, but... What I didn't realize, and, and I saw a tweet uh, from, I think, Pro Football Network, that Gus was actually getting his hand looked at. So he came out of the game yeah, early he, I, in the I first was gonna, quarter. I heard, yeah. I heard you listen. I heard the yep. fans yep. flex, and yep. I was going to tell you this, that he actually out-snapped. He had 10 carries to Hill's nine yes. in the third. They looked at his hand, and then they just precautionary kept him out for the fourth quarter because there was no reason to put him back in. So I'm glad you Exactly. So, yeah, so I think – and it doesn't seem like the books have like the books are kind of just going off like last game too. So um, they've been lowering his like prop. I think I saw it at like 41, 40 people probably have been hitting the under just thinking, you know, it's a toss up. Maybe Dalvin cook is going to get more involved. He had eight carries last week, but to your point, when Gus left the game last week, Gus had 10 justice had eight cook had zero. That is pretty much in line with, what we would normally expect uh, for the carry share between Gus and Hill, which is Gus around, you know, 55, 60% Hill, 35, 40%. And, and then Cook was essentially just kind of filling in for the Gus role. So like really you could, it's more like, you know, 18, 13, but uh, so I have it kind of back where I would have initially had it, you know, before last week, which is, you know, Gus getting about 55%. Of the backfield carries, which is still conservative. He gets more than that sometimes. But uh, so I have his rushing yardage in the uh, above 45. So I like anything up to 43 and a half uh, for this one. Uh, if if you can't get that, I would suggest going with, uh, you know, a little bit of a longer shot because I think you and I both agree that uh, this could be a big Gus game. So if you can't get the median, you know, maybe go for, you know, a 60 plus, 80 plus or even yeah. 100 plus if you want to get crazy because again this Kansas City defense is bottom 6 against the run you know they just lost uh, an interior defender i believe in in Nadi i don't think he's i think he's banged up i don't think he's going to play but 
I think this is a power run game and this kind of sets up for uh, a big Gus game. They're a favorite. They, you know, they should, and they should start faster than last week. Cause last week they didn't really get to do much. I mean, it was just like ugly in the, uh, in the first half. So, you know, it was like one, you know, one step forward, two steps back. So, uh, you know, Gus could get this over 39 and a half. I mean, if things go right, he could get this by halftime in it, it. You know, he could easily pop an explosive. Uh, I think the, the chiefs are still going to have to kind of, you know, guard against the pass and, and make and, and Lamar Jackson running. And, and so Gus is going to have a lot of, a uh, lot of opportunities here and he's had 40 or more yards in all but five of his games this season. And then he's had uh, 48 or more in 11 of 18. Wait, no, if he's played 19 games, right? So that's 12 of 19. 12 of 19, he's had at least 48. Uh, So I think he is a really good bet to hit the over 39. I think it's really good up to 40. Three and a half because you're looking essentially for you know 11 carries, 44 yards. You know, I think he can average more than four yards a carry, but uh, and that's kind of where I would personally bet it to. Uh, but uh, we've already talked about it. Love Gus sets up as a big Gus game, and I don't think people realize that the reason he came out was more precautionary and that like this is not the true uh, carry split going forward. It's pretty much what it has been uh, in the past, which is you know Gus about 60. 6040. This podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get $158 in bonus bets when you bet $5 for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So for my third pick in the sixth overall, the championship Sunday six-pack, I'm going with Eric Armstead over 0.25 sacks. You can find this plus 145 out there. I figured it would get a little weird with a, a defensive prop, but a lot of reasons why I like this. One, pressure rate has gone through the roof when the entire defensive line is healthy for San Francisco, and that happened again last week. Sacks weren't there, but the pressure rate was also, during the regular season, EPA with Armstead on the field, negative 0.14. That's elite. Plus 0.02 without him. Still very good, but not extremely elite. And they did it last they got I think they got pressure on like 42% of Love's dropbacks, and they weren't even blitzing. And that's against a very good offensive line. 
major key here though is no Jonah Jackson. That's mm-hmm. a huge loss. Uh Frank yeah. Ragnall's also beat up. I mean, he's like a not a, good. Because yeah, now you're talking so, about interior pressure against Goff, which is yeah, and not Goff good. is not mobile and he will just he'll fall into the arms of multiple defenders here if they're getting pressure up the middle. It, just look the, the drop off. So the, the there's a couple offensive line injuries. And by the way, I didn't even mention this with the Ravens. John Simpson's the weak point of their offensive line. So like can Chris Jones create a play? That's something else to watch. Um there. I mean, he basically won the Bills game by getting the to Josh Allen. But there's a couple offensive line like interior injuries guys missing that are that could swing these games with Tooney being out likely we'll see even if he plays like a peck probably not going to be anywhere close I mean, the reports are he's going to be out like that yeah i think he's going to be out yeah. but i'm saying even if he tries to go and then with jonah jackson who was playing extremely well it's not just the drop-off isn't the drop-off is more extreme than what the chiefs have to deal with because i was sick of last week seven pressures on 28 pass blocking snaps absurd that's bad Jonah Jackson on zero and 18. So, uh, you know, and now you're going hostile environment on the road. That continuity is gone. Like there's going to be some stunts and Armstead, he would have hit this. He played t- uh, 10 games a season. He would have hit it in five. He would have hit it in six of 10 postseason games. He has seven sacks in, in 10 postseason games. And by the way, you don't need a full sack here. Just need a half, need a half sack. sack. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also trailing game. The game script is the Lions are most likely trailing, more pass attempts, more known passing downs. And so I think he's going to have uh, – Armstead usually shows up in these games. I think he's going to have plus matchups. And you have just an immobile Goff with interior pressure in a trailing game script. Uh, I think Armstead's going to have plenty of opportunities to get sacked. A lot of variance in a bet like this, but I think that just for him to get a half a sack at close to plus 150, I think the price should be a little lower. Um, so I bet, uh, Armstead over 0.25 sacks plus 145. Um, I, and then when it comes to this game, curious, get your thoughts on it. So that like the, the Jackson injury looms super large because of like the San Francisco with their full defensive line arsenal now. And if you look at their numbers with everyone this year, cause you remember then they added chase young and Armstead was heard, but the difference between when they have their full arsenal of defensive linemen versus not is stark. Even, you know, it's a lot of noise. Sample size isn't great, but it obviously makes sense why they would be so much better. You can't double, uh, you know, Bosa as much and you have to worry about more elite guys and their depth isn't great along the defensive line. And, you know, the good thing is golf won't have to deal with much weather here. You know, people are going to say it's outdoors, a little slower track, but there's, it's not gonna be wind or, uh, so it doesn't really matter that much here. So that's a good, that's good news for the lions. On San Francisco's side, it's and I spent a lot of time on this with it's if is Debo Samuel gonna play? So and if he does play, like how effective is he gonna be? There's a lot of noise in these numbers, but just and I'll go into that. But with Debo, they're they have 70% win percentage, they're averaging about 27 points per game. It's over about 75 games, you know, rushing for about 140 yards, plus eight turnover differential. Without them, they're eight and nine, averaging about a field goal less about 20 yards less, fewer rushing yards, and then negative eight turnover differential. This year with him, full, with a full Debo, they went 12-1, and 32.3 points per game, got to at least 27 in every game. The only one they didn't was against Baltimore. Without him, or when he was limited, they went 1-4, and four, 
They only averaged 19 points per game. They never eclipsed 24 points. They scored 17 three times. They should have lost last week. They really should have been 0 and 5. Now, the other why there's some noise in there is the sample size isn't great. And also you have Trent Williams injury. Trent Williams. Yeah, it was so, like a cluster of injuries. Yeah. And Purdy was I don't know if he was like concussed or the after effects, but it was like yeah. he was dealing with injuries. Trent was dealing with injuries. Yeah. I think McCaffrey was even banged up in there. Like everyone was, everyone got hurt yeah. at the same time. So yeah, it, it is. But noisy, you did. But you've seen this in the past. But you just, yeah, you've yeah, you seen it in this past. And we just know. I mean, but last week, just look at the offense. I mean, he only played 10 snaps. He had two targets at 30, 30 yards. He's going to have a big day. And their offense changes. Their run game becomes, it's more dynamic. It's easy. It's harder to defend when he's in there. Obviously, he's a weapon, yards after catch. It makes their whole, you know, offense so much more difficult to defend. So you're going to see a lot of numbers out there about the difference with him without. There's a lot of noise in there, and it's a bit inflated because of, you know, Trent Williams is obviously the best left tackle in football. And without Trent Williams, their offensive line turns to dust. Um, But it's obviously a major, major loss. Uh, He's super important in a number of different ways. So – you know, I make this a little over seven. Um, San, I, you know, San Francisco, I think close to seven and a half point favorites here. I downgraded them after last week. The Debo injury just gives me a little bit of pause because um, the, the Lions run D is good and it's been good. Yeah, number one year. in DVOA. Yeah, yeah, number one DVOA. They had a couple hiccups, but every, I mean, every offense or defense is going to have a couple hiccups in any facet during you know, you know, nineteen twenty games. So, you know, it, it, I think what this will come down to, and especially if you don't have to worry about Samuel, is can, you know, Goff just cook like every quarterback has been cooked? Excuse me. Can, um, can Purdy cook like every quarterback has been cooking against this line secondary over the past, what, six, seven weeks? They give up, they give up 350 yards every, every week, including last week. So from a, uh, Curious your, your thoughts on the side in total. And also, does this lend itself? I think you mentioned this on the um, player projections episode. Check that out if you haven't. But this could be a big IU game, similar to like all the number yeah. one receivers who have been going off. And do we potentially look at Mc, like what do you where do you have McCaffrey at? Like, because if you know the Lions can defend the run, the I think Shannon's probably going to come out here and throw like everyone is doing against the lines, but then, you know, it's your game script is most likely you're going to be up handing it to him. But I think, he, I think I saw his player proper around 90, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. I was like, that's, I know he could just be a break one at any time, but I feel like that's high against this, this lines run D thinking about how uh, this is going to play out. And then when you, when you don't have Debo, the run offense isn't as dynamic and it's a little easier to defend. Um, but then he would maybe take some carries too. So um I couldn't come to, and I don't, I'm not a prop expert, but I couldn't, I couldn't get there. And I thought about McCaffrey under, I thought about some I overs, um, but I never got there. So what are, what are your thoughts on this game and uh, any of those props or anything else? Yeah. So the, the reason I have three picks from the Ravens Chiefs game is because uh, I don't want to weigh the points, not knowing what's going on with Debo yet. Um, I wouldn't, wouldn't actually mind weighing the, the seven, uh, if if Debo was in, uh, just because you know bounce back spot, I, I, and I, I don't think the the Lions can keep up with a healthy Niner offense. But now it creates such a such a 
like it, it's it's so tough because so here's the issue with McCaffrey and and the books by the way I think what they're doing for now is they kind of have Debo at 50-50 like 50 like half of his usual snaps that's what I have him and that's my numbers are get are pretty close to the books so I'm guessing that's what they're doing too but here's the issue and and I'll just kind of tell people like how to approach these things uh if we're hearing if you're hearing this before we have gotten official word on Debo so Christian McCaffrey played every snap last week. Um, unless there's an injury, safe to say he's going to do that again. Now, the thing is, in terms of design runs, Debo Samuel in a given game usually gets about, on average, about 10% of the design runs, right? So McCaffrey would get about the other 90, you know, the maybe you have like Someone a wide receiver. Like one, yeah, yeah. Like a use check or somebody, but essentially you're talking about like 88 to 90% for McCaffrey. Uh, and then you would have about 10% for Debo on a normal game. Now the issue with Debo being in limbo is that, and the issue with betting McCaffrey unders is that, for example, right now I have them about 19 and a half carries for 90 yards. It's pretty much in line with the books. Right. But if Debo is out, I don't necessarily like I might I'll adjust maybe I, I you know, it's hard to adjust their pass rate up if Debo's out, right? You know, like I don't yeah. I don't think they're gonna throw more because he's out. That doesn't make sense. So if anything, you're gonna keep the normal your normal pass rate, uh, or it's gonna even go down. And now all those carries are essentially gonna go to McCaffrey because they gave one to Jennings, but Shanahan came out and said that was an accident. He said like Jennings was just in the Debo spot and they, he like he didn't he didn't alter the play call and Purdy essentially called the play as if it was Debo and it went to Jennings. So that's not going to happen again. So you're not, you're now you're talking about McCaffrey getting potentially, uh, you know, 22, 23 carries, which now you're even against a really tough defense. Now you're still projecting them, you know, over at, at or over a hundred yards. So yeah. uh, if you think Debo is going to be out, I actually think the McCaffrey over is, has the value and then the same thing for Ayuk. Uh, but it's a little dicier with Ayuk because you you kind of mentioned it with the, you know, kind of had our wires crossed a little with Godwin versus Evans, and they ended up rolling a safety over Godwin and winning Sutton going Evans one-on-one. Well, if Debo's in, they probably do that same game plan. But if Debo's out, now you don't have to leave like Sutton on Ayuk one-on-one. Now you can like double essentially roll at the safety over top of, of IU because everyone, their corners are going to be able to handle Juwan Jennings and Conley and McLeod, uh, or at least they'll feel comfortable with those guys in one-on-one. So now you're talking yeah, about... You're going to say, let's not let IU be this deep. Right, right. So Especially after what we saw last week with Evans. Right. As we're sitting here recording this on Wednesday afternoon, it's it's, it's tough for me to like give out any rec- like recommendations. I mean, I like your... I think that's a good call on the Armstead that's defensive, but it's, it's tough for me to give out any recommendations as far as which side to bet, you know, the, the total. Cause I think if we're talking no Debo, now you're probably going to either pass as much or less than you would before uh, going. Now you're going to run against a, a good line run defense on the other side. The lions can't, you know, the lions have some issues on, on their interior line against a really good uh, defense that doesn't need to, to blitz to get pressure. So like I, I'd be looking at an under, uh, I, I think under 51, uh, if Debo's out. So I think if, if you think Debo's more likely to miss under 51, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. I liked, I initially liked, you know, say these, both of these teams are at full strength. 
I would look at over. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, but I am super worried about on the other side of the ball, Jackson being out. You know, you don't have to worry about wind. You know, you, you are outdoors. It's like the smallest marginal difference with golf. But if you can get pressure in up the middle and just in general on golf, and then you have you're dropping guys into coverage, which I think the Niners will likely be able to do here. Goff can turn into a pumpkin. A lot of times he doesn't get out of it. Maybe for like two quarters, he'll be in yeah. this pumpkin trance. So that's what I would worry about. And then, you know, and that, if that's the case, then it's the under, it's San Francisco. So I think that what the Lions have to do here is, you know, the run defense has to come to play. Obviously, it would help if Debo's out. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna have to score. With San Francisco, you, you, gotta gotta you, you, you know, yeah, you're gonna have to run. You have to hope that Purdy has a, an off game. I think would help, but if not, you're gonna have to run. I think, and you got to run to the outside on yep. against yep. San Fran. We just thinking so, so I think big Jameer Gibbs game. Gibbs has to have a huge day, and then you're and then you take those defensive linemen, and especially you want to run even more outside now because you don't have Jackson there. But and then you take those defensive linemen instead of just all right, we're pinning our ears back and getting after the quarterback, then they have to start to play the run more. And then it's going to give opportunities for Goff to have a cleaner pocket to throw off play action. And then there, there are some matchups that you can take advantage of getting Gibbs going early uh, is I think the key to the game for now, obviously they're going to have to come up with stops, but like at least for them to keep up, that's that's the key to it because if they have to if they can't get Gibbs going they can't get the run game going on known passing downs with their offensive line injuries it, it could end up leading to disaster so that I, I a lot is on Gibbs here and breaking some runs getting him into manageable uh you know third down situations and not putting Goff into straight drop back third down known passing downs when there's that there's then that's probably going to be some mistakes and then it's probably a good night for Detroit, especially if Debo plays and, and Purdy has a uh, a clean game. Another thing that I think is working against Detroit in this spot offensively is that when you look at the 49er defense and coverage, and I think we both uh, agree, and it's probably what's going to happen is that they're not going to blitz very much. They, I think they were bottom three in blitz rate uh, this year, and they're still getting pressure. Uh, so they're probably not, they're probably going to drop seven in the coverage. Goth is very methodical, you know, but Ward is going to be on the outside. He's going to take away. Usually Reynolds is the guy that winds up, uh, you know, on his side. Yeah. Then you have, you know, Lenore in the slot has been pretty good. And you, you're obviously probably going to even give him extra help with on, on a Monra and you're going to, cause you're going to have seven in coverage. And then you have all these linebackers, uh, you know, that can like Laporta, it's going to be tougher than it usually is for him. So he's not necessarily going to be the safety blanket that he he's been, you know, for much of the year. What did he catch like eight, seven, eight balls last game? You know, now you're going up against Warner and all these linebackers. So like, that's, that's not an easy throw. So really the only guy, do you the need guy, him the chip? Do you need him the chip yeah, more, especially probably if you're do. more, you're more worried about your interior too. Yeah, because I, I was actually – this is another big thing. We, we didn't even mention this, but – so it's not just Jonah Jackson. The Detroit Lions don't have a second tight end right now that can block. Yeah. They lost Brock Wright. Brock Wright's out, yeah. Uh, yeah. Laporta 
is your pass catching guy. I mean, he can block, but like, like if you were saying, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's try to go heavy and just pound the ball. You would go right. And keep the game close, but you don't, yeah, you, you would go right. Or James Mitchell, both of those guys are out, but you're like, even worse, your backup tight ends are Anthony Ferkser and Zach Ertz. Ferks is essentially a wide receiver, like his yeah. body type. He's not a blocker. And we know Zach Ertz ain't a blocker either, especially at this stage of his career. And now they're talking about he might not even play this week. You know, he just got to the he just got to Detroit or and you know, uh, obviously going to San Francisco. But so that's an issue. So now you would probably have to use Cabinda, right? The the uh the fullback yeah, or Malcolm Rodriguez. That I feel like kind of telegraphs what you're gonna do. That's working against Detroit. Um, and that, that also yeah. leads into my, my arm step prop in that if – so if you have Laporta out running routes, which you're going to want to, a bunch, right? You can't you don't want yeah. to block in the whole game. Then you're going to have – and the Lions have good tackles. But you're going to have Bosa, you know, one-on-one, right? Even Young, one-on-one. They're going to win. Not going to win every time. But they're going to win. And, they're you know, even if they don't get the Goff, they're going to force Goff up. And that's when against the injured interior, you're going to have guys like Armstead, Goff will like fall into them and go down. And the other thing that we didn't even mention that we have to mention, we're talking about a lot of uncertainty. If you wanted to take the Lions money line, I'm fine with it. What you want in a money line dog is uncertainty. So we're talking about it with the injuries, but you also have Dan Campbell. Let me tell you something. I f- love this team now. I got goosebumps, gentlemen. So he's going to introduce, and you would hope and assume that this is when he would be even more aggressive. Because of all that uncertainty, at the end of the day, if you wanted to take Detroit money line and then just know that Campbell's going to YOLO it a bunch on fourth downs, I'm, I'm, I couldn't I couldn't fault you. So, like, even though I think San Fran wins, I think Baltimore wins, if you say I'm taking Kansas City because I have the greatest quarterback on the planet, and then you say I'm taking Detroit money line because – I have Campbell and all this variance, this uncertainty. I couldn't blame you. We'll see how it plays out. It's, at the end of the day, it's still an oblong ball. But I, I could very well see if Debo's out like a 26 to nine San Francisco win or something like that, you know? So yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to be watching that under, uh, you know, now that we've kind of talked through, I, I and I also, I, I, the more I look at it, I think this has to be a big Jameer Gibbs game because also if you're going to, you talk about like the chipping and what are you going to do without the tight ends? Just get the ball out of golf hands quick. And who's the best person to do that with? It's probably going to be Gibbs. So what you're going to have to do is a lot of screens, a lot of swing passes, things like that, and, and just let Gibbs go to work. Because, I mean, as good as San Francisco's defense is, Gibbs it has the speed. We saw it last week. I mean, we see it every week almost. Uh, he can make guys miss. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a big Gibbs game. Maybe not a great uh, Montgomery game, uh, this one. But, uh, yeah, that under is one I'll be watching very closely. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So for the six-pack stuck, you got Baltimore KC under 44 and a half. Zay Flowers under four and a half receptions. Uh, any juice, by the way, that you uh, wouldn't play it to, I guess? Uh, right now, uh, I think it's pretty even. 
both sides. But uh, uh for flat for flowers, uh yep. up to like minus one thirty, I think is good. I mean, I would probably I would probably say a little you could probably go so minus one fifty is like sixty forty. Minus one thirty would just be what, like fifty five? I think you're probably if you like you're probably good just with the variance of the way receptions work. You're probably good up to minus one fifty, but uh, minus one thirty, uh, we'll go with that. Um, and then Armstead over a quarter sack. Yeah, this That's, could move. I'll call it minus one forty. You would know better than me. Okay. Um, and then Armstead over a quarter sack. That's plus one forty five right now. Where would you play that to? Uh, plus one, plus one twenty, one twenty five ish. All right. So, so yeah, Baltimore KC under 44 and a half flowers under four and a half catches up to uh, minus 140 and Armstead over a quarter sack down to plus 120. I got Baltimore first half uh, minus two and a half. Uh, I would play that anything under three uh, Lamar under a half inch. So essentially Lamar not to throw a pick. I would play that up to minus 150, AKA 60%. Uh, odds and Gus Edwards over 39 and a half rushing yards. I would play that up to 43 and a half. If the line goes past that, I think look at some of his alt uh, overs. You can ladder things his anytime touchdown. I mean, I don't like the anytime touchdown markets because they you're always paying like an, a tax beyond even what you're paying, you know, for, for props. Uh, so don't love anytime touchdown, but uh, do love this to be a big Gus game on the ground. And I think the market's kind of bottomed out because of uh, him coming out early last week. So that is our championship week six back. Uh, predictions on who's winning. Uh, just throw out final scores. I'll go Baltimore 24, 17. And I really don't know yet because of the uncertainty. So I'm going to take the most cowardly route ever. Uh, San Francisco 29, Detroit 22. <laughs> right on the All total right. inside. I think yeah. that, Baltimore does it again to Kansas City. I say Baltimore 31, Kansas City 12. I'm glad you kept for, it under. Yep. And then uh, for the Niners-Lions game, so I'll go Niners 29, five Jake Moody field goals, Lions 15. So Wow. We know both, someone's got to bet that then. We both are calling for – the Niners have scored 29 points. And they're, they're, oh, their team total is 29 and a half, I believe. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, because you know how that goes. Hope we hit all our bets as always. And I just hope the refs stay out of it. Had a Bills 50 to 1, was worried about Hockley. He stayed out of it last week. Refs are going to miss calls. Just don't take over the game. Um, so I was happy that that didn't happen. And if the Ravens lose a good hard-fought game, I will congratulate Chiefs fans. And um, But just don't control the game. We have three games left. Just stay out of it. Let them play. Uh, now it's time for our coach's pep talk. You keep playing the way you're playing. We're going to get our ass beat again tonight. And it stops right now. For this week's pep talk, we're going to go to the legendary comedian Cat Williams, who's been buzzing lately. His recent interview with Shannon Sharp. And uh, it's dedicated to the Ravens. Get it done. Let's do this. Trampoline skin is something that you ask God for. There's really no such thing as hitting... Shannon Sharp so hard that he don't want to run the ball the next play. And if that's your only goal is to hit him so hard that he don't want to be him no more, you just have a luck. 
Your coach can't help you. There ain't no pep talk going to help you. <laughs> Don't matter about the uniform, your chili. None of that matters. If it ever gets to mano y mano, may the best man win. And if you've been living your entire life trying to be the best man that you can for mm -hmm. yourself, then you should feel great about those odds. Let go. All right. That is a wrap for us. So thank you for listening. After this week, we'll be back here with uh, lots of episodes leading up to Super Bowl 58. Of course, our Super Bowl six-pack. Monday of Super Bowl week, if you can expect that. Early Monday. Uh, the week of the Super Bowl. We do have episodes with myself and Kerner on the Fantasy Flex. And Stuck is talking college hoops over on the Big Bets on Campus pod every Monday and Friday. Stuck is on X, formerly Twitter, at Stucky2. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Let go. Go Ravens. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.